Corinne Pulaski. Hello. We're mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing. And today's guests are Ari Mathay and Denise Morelli Soto. Ari Mathay is an associate producer at A Kid's Company About, where they work on writing, editing, hosting, and producing podcasts and audio-based projects. They received their MA in book publishing from Portland State University, where they researched the transmedia storytelling relationship between book publishing and podcasts. Ari has a soft spot for dynamic audio storytelling of all kinds, but especially for queer narratives with uncanny and horror vibes. When not immersed in podcasts, editing, and audiobooks, you can find Ari obsessing over D&D or trying to bake a perfect macaron. Denise Morales Soto is a story lover from Puerto Rico that somehow made her way to Portland, Oregon. She got her BA in English Literature and Linguistics at the University of Puerto Rico at Calle and has an MA in Book Publishing from Portland State University. She's an editor at a kid's book about a children's media company and does freelance work where she continues to indulge her love of storytelling. She's the author of the soon to be released children's book, A Little Book About Culture, and is actively working on her next project. When she's not reading, writing, or making books, she's probably playing video games or watching something she's already seen a thousand times. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Ari and Denise. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> and what today's guests have in common is that they both work for a kid's company about. Founded in 2019 in Portland, Oregon, a kid's company about is built on the belief that kids are ready to have challenging, important, and empowering conversations with the grown-ups in their lives. The company has published over 50 books, ranging from topics like divorce, optimism, voting, cancer, shame, racism, gratitude, empathy, and being non-binary. In 2021, they made the leap from telling stories in books to five to nine-year-olds to telling stories through words, video, audio, and beyond for kids of all ages. They also both went to Portland State University. <laughs> you're outnumbered Corinne there are three I am I know I was like I did not go there but many people that I adore did go there so no. yeah. all right well let's jump into this interview so uh this is for both of you uh at what point in a kid's company about development did you join the team oh well <laughs> I uh I joined uh in September of 2020 so just before the company turned one year old, um, which was wild. Um, we were seeing uh, a lot of growth. Um, we were seeing a lot of changes already. Um, and uh, the world was on fire, literally. Um, this was uh, when Portland was red and orange um, was, was when I started. It was... Uh, kind of surreal. Um, but then I got to start at the company and I got mm. to meet everyone and I got to be a part of um, the things that we were building. The first day that I started uh, we was when we announced to the company that we would be on Oprah's favorite things list for 2020. Um, so it was just like jumping into the hot water and like, okay, cool, feet on the ground, we're doing things. Um, and I started uh, at the company um, in um, 
in wholesale. Um, so working with uh, schools and libraries and with uh, bookstores and shops uh, to get the books physically there. Um, uh, and then I was able to transition into podcasts, which is um, something that I have wanted to do for a long time uh, in May. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been a wave already and uh, it's just been a year for me. So podcasting a noble profession. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> or hobby. <It> depends. <laughs> it depends. Um, that's that would be just like the best way to lift your mood in the middle of that uh, that hellscape that was last September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was a beautiful, uh, big change. So, what about you, Denise? Um, well, I started at the company in July of 2020, so just a little bit before Ari, and the company wasn't even a year old, and it was so tiny and small when I joined. It was a team of five people, I think, including me, and we were only making books at that time, and so it was just, I was really excited because it was also in this, like, hellfire of a period in 2020 where everything was going wrong and also like this big transition because I had just finished getting my like master's in book publishing I had nothing lined up no one was hiring everything was terrible and then this opportunity came up and it was not only like a job but it was a really exciting one in the field that I wanted to be in that was doing really awesome work so it was really really exciting and I've had the great pleasure of just seeing the company turn into something so much bigger than just books and it's been really cool just to see it from a little baby to like a real thing it's really cool <laughs> we're like two years old this month uh yeah. happy yeah. birthday yes happy birthday <laughs> pretty wild all right so denise uh could you tell us about some of the books that you have worked on that you've particularly enjoyed working on Ah, uh, so there's been a lot and a lot of them have been so much fun to work on. So I'm going to try and keep it brief. Okay. But <laughs> I think some of the highlights for me is definitely our kids book about immigration. That one is just such a great book. MJ was such an amazing person to work with. And I think a lot of the things that we say there and the conversation that we're starting about immigration and immigrants is just really just really cool and a, a conversation that I think is really important and I think that we approach that topic with empathy first and just like creating empathy toward um, immigration and immigrants in general and MJ just has such an amazing story and so just that whole journey that whole experience for me is like top five easily of uh, I think a close second is our book on the Tulsa race massacre just because that was a huge book to work on. We had to like do so much fact-checking and research and we thankfully got to work with like an expert who's dedicated his life to researching the Tulsa race massacre. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was. And we got to release it on the centennial of uh, the event happening. And we actually got to give away some of our books on the Tulsa Race Massacre for free to the residents of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and giving it to bookstores so they would be able to sell. And just kind of the fact that we wrote, like we had such an awesome book and that we were also get, able to give it away as like a resource because we really wanted to just educate the public on that event was just a really awesome experience to be a part of. And then uh, the Gender Cool 
books. We have our gender cool series, which include a kid's book about being transgender, being non-binary and being inclusive. Those books are just awesome in general, <laughs> but also those authors are just so cool and so incredible. They're so accomplished and so young. They were all te teenagers and it's just like, you're officially the coolest people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And you are like, the future is in excellent hands. So the, that was definitely also a really awesome ride getting to work with those, with those teens. I'm glad we all agree that the youngs are so cool. <laughs> the best, man. They're killing it. Oh man. I love them. Um, so your, your founder said, I, I think this is from a Forbes article that you don't take pre-written submissions um, and instead you focus on getting to know the author and their story. Um, so it made me curious just about how you decide what books to publish. And um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the process of selecting those books and those themes and the people who should tell those stories. Yeah. Um, so I think that the process for deciding what to talk about or what books we end up working on is pretty organic in the sense that we just kind of pay attention to what's happening in the world, what conversations are already happening that kids might have questions about or may not really understand as well. Uh, also, just what our readers are saying and what they're telling us that they would like to see and what conversations they would like to have with their kids. And also just kind of what do we think is important and empowering and uh, challenging that we want there to be a book about that maybe there's a gap in the market. So that's really kind of where everything starts. And then from there, we either, cause sometimes authors come to us and they're like, oh, we really want to write a book about this. And we will talk with them and see if we can kind of get on the same page and create something awesome. Sometimes we're like, we need to write a book, a book about this. And then we just find the author for it. And when it comes to selecting who's, who do we feel is the right person is, I think obviously we would try to do own voices authors whenever we can, just someone with that lived experience who can talk about it from a first person perspective or someone who is an expert on the topic or who has a lot of experience on that topic, especially if it's something a little bit more, um, like something like trauma or something like the Tulsa Race Massacre. We wanna make sure we're talking to someone who knows about that topic and can give us like accurate information about it. And then from there, it's just kind of like, I think a vibe check, like, what do you feel like, do your values align with our values as a company? And then once we kind of reach a good ground where we feel like, oh, we have something potentially really awesome here. That's when we acquire the author and the topic and the process just kind of starts from there. It's that amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that like, the idea of, of uh, making sure the person knows what they're talking about is something that you really have to qualify in publishing. <laughs> you, you truly do. <laughs> it, it sets you apart. Don't follow that up. They really don't. <laughs> it sets you apart as a brand that you actually uh, make sure the person is an expert in their topic. Step one, do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> All right, so this one is also for Denise. Um, what sort of editing work were you doing before in your career and how does it differ from the editing you're doing right now? Um, well, the editing work that I was doing is was pretty different. I was doing a lot of fiction work beforehand, especially like spec fic, because that's my love. My heart will always be with speculative fiction. 
Um, and I was doing nonfiction, but it was mostly adult nonfiction in kind of like the memoir biography kind of realm or academia. And so pretty different. And so I've been able, like all of those skills apply to children's nonfiction, but it's just so different because everything that you do, you would do normally, then you have to do through the lens of a kid. And so I had never really edited a lot of stuff that was for the specific age group of uh, nine to five to nine, mm-hmm. five to 10 around there. And so it's been a, a learning curve of just like, yes, this is a good sentence, but would a kid enjoy reading that? Does it resonate with them? Would it make them more interested in the topic? Would it make them think that the topic is boring? Because we want, like, these are pretty um, hard topics and they can be quite dense and we do want them to enjoy the experience of reading the book. So it's been a lot of fun just kind of towing that line and figuring out how to say something while still saying it accurately and giving the information that we want to give, but also making sure that kids are engaging with the content and learning from it and having fun while reading it, even if it is something that maybe isn't fun to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. So do you have like readers in that age group sort of read the books and tell you like, oh, we like this or we don't like this. And then you adjust accordingly. Do you do that or is it just? Yeah, we do. Um, We have, sometimes we send our books, especially if we have books that we think are a little dense, like our kid's book about climate change. Mm -hmm. We, it was, that one was also a really difficult topic to balance of like, we need to make sure that the information we're presenting is accurate, that we're giving good sources that um, are fact-checked and that are also easily accessible to like the adults reading the books. But also we want to make sure that a kid can understand what they're saying. And so we did run it past, like we had like a little group of Mm pre-readers. And so we had a bunch of adults and their kids read the book and just answer a bunch of questions. Like, did you like the story? Did it make sense? What did you not like? And then sometimes we have a whole section where it's just the kid answering questions and they let us know if they're like, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And we're like, that's a problem. (laughs) So then we would go back in and reword and readjust to try and accommodate that and make sure that it is in fact a kid's book. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Not an adult book in a kid's cover. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So the company started out as a kid's book about, and then transferred over kind of expanded into a kid's company about um could you tell us a little about what your experience of that process of rebranding was um I know that you probably came on pretty close to it starting already but if if you noticed any anything interesting about um that expansion I would love to hear about it and um Ari you haven't talked for a while so let's start with you we, I believe we started talking about name options around when I started, yes, um, or around winter of 2020. Uh, but this was really around realizing we were growing past uh, just doing books. We were growing into a media company. We were starting podcasts. We were going to, you know, hopefully do more things such as classes and you know we wanted to run and and you know push go as as quick as we could or as you know as 
well as we could. And we, we realized we needed the name to change in a part of that. So it's, it's been a long process, but also very quick in other ways. Yeah, it's, it's been really exciting because I got to be a part of like helping to make podcasts grow at that time because we were like, okay, so we have one podcast going right now about the beginning of 2021. And then I joined in May and we were like, okay, let's get a whole bunch of other podcasts ready. And so I got to be a part of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get we're, we're, we're going to get this one on the ground and we're going to get this one on the ground and we get like a trailer for this one and a trailer for that one. And like, I, I got to be a, a part of that, like big rush to get stuff ready and to, um, to really build the network in, into something. So sounds, sounds almost kind of like a snowball or a Katamari just kind of <laughs> growing it as it rolls. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Um, what about you? What's your experience been, Denise? Um, I would say pretty similar to that. I think I did start a little bit earlier and I never, like if someone would have told me, oh, we're going to do podcasts in three months, I would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> Everyone's um, doing a podcast in three months. <laughs> and so it was really cool to see. I think it was also just a really natural and almost obvious change once we kind of saw the vision once uh Jelani our CEO presented the vision to us I think we were all kind of already starting to talk about how can we keep these important conversations going how can we reach out to more kids and really talk to them in the media in the form that they prefer or that they enjoy the most and so I think that was all kind of germinating in our heads for a while and then in winter of 2020, Jelani presented this idea. It's like, I think, you know, we could build a podcast network and we can create these classes. It's like masterclass for kids where we talk about these things and we do this, that, and the other, and we start reaching different um, age groups with our books. And we're all like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, it's so obvious that this would be like the course that the company gets to. And then we all started talking about like name changes. And that was really uh, like a fun experiment to go through of just like what do we think is a good way to encompass all of these all of these different branches that we're creating (laughs) oh so everyone was kind of in on that conversation like we were like we would talk about it and we would um because I think that's also another really great part about the company is that we are pretty open about everything that's happening I don't think there's things kept behind closed doors and so we were kept informed of the conversation and sometimes they would present options and we would get to see like, Oh, that I like how that sounds. Or I think this is pretty cool. And so just feeling like you were also a part of it. Mm-hmm. So Ari, could you tell us a little bit about the different podcasts that are offered on the kids company about network? Absolutely. Um, so our, our flagship show is a kid's book about the podcast, um, which is where we, uh, we go uh, for each episode uh, on a deeper dive into one of the topics of the books with the author of that book. And we get 
uh, kid audio in and questions in um, about those topics. And we get to kind of explore the feelings that they bring up and kind of explore those stories a little bit more. Um, so that's a really cool way to, I think, build our branding, but also um, keep up that uh, that communication with our authors and with our audience. Um, so we started that one in the winter of 2021, um, or the, the early winter of 2021. <laughs> um, and then uh, the next one that we launched, uh, which the first one that I got to help launch uh, was Camp Adventure for uh, the summer. Um, and it is a kid's summer camp podcast. Um, which is supposed to be, it, it is this um, podcast that is supposed to be accessible um, for everyone who can listen, read the transcripts, participate in any way. It's supposed to be um, uh, something that people can really interact in and really be a part of and that reaches uh, anyone who, who can engage. Um, that one has been really lovely. Um, I got to do some of the voice for like the introductions, the transitions. I got to be one of the, the camp counselors. So did Denise. Um, we got to like bring a bunch of the people from the staff onto the crew to, to do segments on it. Um, and you're all acting. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, we get to, we get to act our, our camp counselor parts, but like we, we had um, our designer Duke, he got to tell jokes and I got to tell like D&D &D adventure building, like imagination games sorts of things. And, and Denise taught us some Spanish and um, uh, Matthew, our, our head of podcast uh, spouse, um, got to teach everyone bird calls. Like, we we got we got everyone involved and that was so lovely. Um, that one that one was a really uh, special joy to be a part of, and it was special to have that be my first. Um, uh, and then we did "Is That True," which is a kids podcast about facts. So kids would send us in facts, and we would say well, let's research that and figure out if that's true. Um, and so like, do snails have a thousand teeth? Um, or... Wait, what? <laughs> do <Yeah>. they? <laughs> well, we got to talk to um, a, a specialist about snails, um, <laughs> specifically uh, marine snails, I think that uh, that expert was. Yeah, it, it was such a cool opportunity to like reach out to experts in so many different fields and be like, hey, kids want to know. Do you want to talk to us about it? Um, so the children, yeah. <laughs> the children want to know and people like people want to talk about it. So that has been absolutely lovely. Um, all of our hosts are absolutely lovely and great and fun. And um, yeah, we have a couple others that um are kind of uh, building, we have 1.5 that is building with the authors of our climate change book, a kid's book about climate change. Um, and I'm really excited for that one to come out. We have so many things that are yeah. like on, on, on the burners kind of boiling away. And we're like, when are we gonna, when am I gonna get to share this? So you, you've kind of talked about some of the tie-ins with uh, the books 
that the company publishes. Is there a strategy to how you combine those things with the books? Um, or is it just sort of this like organic bubbling up of enthusiasm, (laughs) which Uh, is also great. (laughs) A little bit of both. Um, with uh, a kid's book about the podcast, there have been a couple special book releases that we've done. Uh, so we did a uh, special ebook about um, a, a kid's book about anti-Asian hate um, uh, earlier this year. Um, and that was one that we were like, families are having these conversations right now and we need to be able to address it right now. And so we got our ebook um, of that ready pretty quickly. And then we had our, uh, podcast about it released in sync, um, so that people could kind of dive into those conversations, um, uh, either concurrently or, um, uh, in, in, in tangent, um, same with, um, our, uh, a kid's book about, uh, sexual abuse. Um, and a couple other special releases we've, we've been able to really support marketing in that way. There's definitely been some strategy in there of like, how can we do the best good with this? Um, but then it's also been like, okay, well, what's ready right now? Let's jump on that. So Ari, what is uh, your role in the production of these podcasts? Um, so my role in the production of these podcasts uh, somewhat differs from podcast to podcast. Um, but for Camp Adventure, I got to start off with uh, contributing some uh, writing, some of my own audio to those transition bits. Um, and for the most part, um, Matthew, our head of podcasts, um, and and I, uh, we will work together with the hosts and we will make sure like we're all on the same page, we're getting in the patterns together. We're figuring out how to do this together. And then once kind of something is launched, it's like, okay, Matthew has to focus on, on the next new thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's, let's keep us flying. And then Matthew is still there to uh, help where needed and listens to every episode that we ever launch. Um, But yeah, I, I get to kind of take a lead oftentimes mid season I got to for both Camp Adventure and Is That True? So I have like a really special fondness for those of like, oh, my babies. (laughs) Um, So for those, you know, I I work pretty closely with the hosts of helping um, edit scripts, helping make sure that uh, everything is linked in the files that we send off to our sound production team helping to make sure that communication goes really smoothly and that, you know, I'm writing up all the metadata, all the transcripts, all the, all the extra things. Um, so it depends on show to show, but oftentimes I get to, to help make everything float. So Ari, when do you think it's a good idea for a publishing company to have a podcast and, you know, the shadow side of that, when shouldn't they? <laughs> Ooh, um, <laughs> uh, I think that's another answer of like, I think it depends on um, publisher to publisher. Um, but I think that uh, one of the strengths in podcasting is being able to uh, connect with your audience in um, a really close way. 
there's also a lot of strength in community building. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunities when, you know, can we build this brand? Or can we build this identity really strongly? Can we build this community? Uh, then it might be possibly a really strong opportunity. I mean, I, I am not the, the all-seeing expert. Um, you are now. You are here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Too much. <laughs> Too much pressure. <laughs> um, but I would, I would say, you know, use your talent wisely. See who you can activate in the best way to really um, build community and build connection. Um, and it's, it's gotta be authentic. I think that people can sniff inauthenticity really well, especially through an audio medium. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, if, if you can do it authentically, if you can bring truly the core of what, either a project is about or what your, your, your entire, um, like publishing company is about, um, then you might be able to build something really cool. Um, but, but no, like you're, you're getting close with your audience. They're, they're listening. I imagine, you know, a company with such a cohesive and uh, consistent brand would probably lend itself to, the uh, podcast network uh, under the <laughs> under the uh, con- conceits that you have just brought up. So, <laughs> I, I do think we have that strength. <laughs> okay, so for this is from both of you. Um, so, what are some of the things that you like best about working with the kids company? About uh, both in terms of the mission and as well as the work itself. It's so great because I feel like it's very. There's a lot of fulfilling work there, and you know that what the work that you're doing and the, like what you're creating matters. Um, And it is, and the authenticity is always firsthand and making sure that we are doing the best that we can is always just at the forefront of everything. And like I mentioned earlier, I love that it's, the environment is very open and it doesn't feel like you're not going to get caught off guard like we, we know everything that's going on, even if we aren't directly involved in it, which is really exciting because then you as a consumer also get excited about what's going on. And I think one of the best things that I love is that how seriously we take our mission of representation and inclusion and including those own voices authors. Like there's not a lot of places where you can go and part of the conversation um, when, for example, when we're talking about books, we're looking at our last collection and we're looking at what's coming ahead. And we'll just be like, you know, there's a lot of men in the last six books that we published. Let's really start making an effort and look into making sure that we're including people of other genders in our next few books that they're not feeling excluded. We have to make an adjustment there. We really need to keep working to make sure that we're doing what we said we would do. And I just think that's so great. I don't think there's just any other way of saying it other than that's just so great knowing that that is always a priority and that when you notice something like this, it's always encouraged for you to talk about it and to start figuring out how can we make that adjustment? How can we still be that authentic, inclusive brand that we have built ourselves to be? So that's it. That's it for me. I gotta say. (laughs) 
it is very apparent that we do make a difference um, in the people who are able to engage with what we make, which is which is such an honor. Um, we get to hear from kids and families who've picked up our books, from teachers who have picked up our books and said, you know, someone really needed this. And I'm so glad that this was here. Um, so, so being able to be a part of that is, is pretty wild. <laughs> um, and, and something that I always hoped that I could be a part of, but also the work itself is fun. Um, getting to help build projects and having uh, a lot of trust put in every team member, honestly, um, to help build the projects. Um, but also I love being a part of workshops. Oftentimes more than just the editorial team gets to be on workshops and those are, are really lovely and inspiring to be a part of. Um, and just like seeing something be created before your eyes. We come out of each workshop with a full first draft of each manuscript, oh. which um, is wild. That is so cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. <laughs> wow. Um, I, 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 Y'all can't see it, but I've, I've got a big old smile on my face. <laughs> um, so before we ask about what books we're reading, I would like Denise to tell us about your book. My book is called A Little Book About Culture, and it's exactly that. It's a board book for ages zero to four, and just kind of talking about culture. And the I got to work with an awesome illustrator. Her name is Andrea Campos, and we really just kind of discuss what culture is and what it means. And the focus of that book is really just highlighting that culture is this really beautiful thing and it's different for everyone and it's not necessarily something that you're born with it's something that you learn and just kind of making that diff um, like explaining that difference between heritage and culture and just how culture is passed down and where you can find it and why it's so special and it was really fun I really enjoyed doing it um Andrea made some awesome illustrations it's so colorful and so bright and I'm just very very excited about it <laughs> I, now I'm excited too. I feel like yeah. I could learn something from it, yeah. <laughs> even though it's a board book. Like <laughs> it's for everyone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. So when does it come out? Is it out yet? It's not. It's available for pre-order now. Pre-order. And yes, it should be coming out January of next year, I believe. Okay. If I remember correctly. Yes. Mm. All right. Well, uh, what are we, what are we reading? <laughs> Let's, uh, uh, Corinne, let's start with you. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm reading uh, this book called uh, Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies, which is like a self-help book of which <laughs> I have many in my library. No shame. No embarrassment. I do. I'm have, still like, laughing entire, at you. Like a veritable <laughs> self-help library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's about like how you, if you see lilies at the grocery store, instead of being like, oh, I don't really need those. Like I should buy more avocados or something instead. You should buy yourself the lilies. If they're going to make you happy, they're like $10. Like, you know, you could probably afford $10 for like pretty flowers that make you happy. 
So, and, and on the flip side, if I just really wanted more avocados, yeah, that would you be the should same buy principle. that too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's just you know that kind of thing, basically. So not denying yourselves like the little things that make you happy. What about you, Ari? Oh, okay. Um, so I just finished, um, and I'm still processing, uh, the city we became by <gasps> N.K. Jemison. I love that um, book. I love that book. <laughs> yeah, it um, it took a lot of like processing power, um, but so worth it. Just uh, this this conversation about like, um, uh cities and all of the cultures that are part of them and all of the history that's a part of them and how like we can't uh divorce ourselves from that as we process what they are today all of that set within like a sci-fi um conversation i there's there's a lot more that can be said about it but um <laughs> the hp lovecraft <laughs> elements uh-huh, uh-huh you know some like tendril monsters racist tendril um, monsters racist <laughs> tendril monsters gentrifying tendril monsters proud um, boy tender tendril yeah, monsters okay yeah they're bad they're bad bad they're very bad <laughs> i need i need to get but my we hands on them. this book <laughs> i mean if you're gonna bring it's, like it's the lovecraft like universe into anything it should be to um to tear it apart or, yes. <laughs> or at least to yes. um satirize it in some way <laughs> you have to confront the racism yes. within hp lovecraft if you're going to do it because the vibes are interesting but like also mm. loaded Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, congratulations on reading that wonderful book. <laughs> I know what I'll be picking up next. Thanks. <laughs> so good. Ringing endorsements all around. Um, what about you, Denise? Um, well, I just started um, a book called Certain Dark Things by Silvia Moreno Garcia. And I'm really liking it so far. It's about vampires. <laughs> And I'm here for it. I'm digging it. It's everything I want vampires to be. So I'm having a great time. (laughs) All right. Well, where can we find y'all online and um, your company? So I guess you can find me at D Morales Soto on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram, but I'm not there much. So just... Just so you know, that's the deal. That's the right amount, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think you can find me under Ari Mathe on both Twitter or Insta if you really search. Um. <laughs> Not a robust online presence then. <laughs> you know, I like to lurk. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Hybrid Pub Scout and on Instagram at Hybrid Pub Scout Pod. Thanks for listening and thanks for giving a rip about books.